welcome to episode number 53 of the Raw Food Podcast. I am your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and today we are going to be getting super psyched up to talk about your raw pantry, stocking your raw pantry, going on your first grocery shop to pick up some of the typical raw food ingredients like coconut oil or dried dates and all those delicious things that will allow you to make so many exciting, healthy, tasty raw food recipes. So stay tuned and we will be talking raw pantry shortly. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Raw Food Podcast. I am your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and the whole purpose and idea behind this podcast was submitted to me by Julia Thank you so much for your idea. I think it's an excellent one. So I really appreciate you sending that to me. And I'm always looking for new podcast ideas. So do send them along if anything occurs to you. Because this is episode 53, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, what should I talk about? I've already talked about a lot of different topics, but I think this is a super simple one that I'm shocked that I had not covered yet. So of course, what I'm talking about today is the whole idea of stocking your raw food pantry. I'm sure if you go to the rawtarian.com, which is my website, that you can just get a pantry shopping list. Boom, easy. I'm sure I have blog posts about, you know, what you need to buy. But I thought it would be super useful and Julia did. So thank you, Julia. Um to just talk about the general ingredients um, at a really high level. Uh, I'm going to go through different categories like, you know, your fruits and vegetables and what you need for your liquids and oils like um, whatever, nut butters, coconut oil, lemon juice, that kind of thing. But I'm I'm not, obviously I'm not just going to sit here and read you out the list because that would be the most boring podcast ever. Um, what I'm going to do is just kind of talk about the groups and just give you kind of like the quick and dirty um, overview of what you need or what you don't need or why you need a certain thing. So that's the idea. Thank you, Julia. So I was thinking that I would approach this with some categories. Let's see. Bear with me in my paper noises. Um, okay. I'm going to just read the headings. We have fruit. We're going to talk about fresh fruit and frozen fruit and dried fruit. Wow. So many fruit categories. Fresh vegetables. Nuts and seeds. Sidebar. Yes, I have a whole episode that's old in my archives about nuts and seeds and the different um, types. So if you want to know more about that, look for that older episode of the podcast. I'm going to kind of whiz through all these boring, um, easy things like fresh vegetables. Don't worry, I won't be like broccoli. Broccoli is a brassica. Anyway, moving on. So I'm going to talk about the dry pantry. Um, I'll spend a long time talking about that and probably the liquids and oils as well because I have a lot to say about that. I am going to touch on spices. Um, I did talk a little bit about my own spice rack renovation in my previous episode, episode 52, which is the kitchen hacks. Um, (laughs) Anyway, and so those are kind of like the topics that we're going to talk about. So I might as well just go in order. Fresh fruit. Before I even begin, you have to understand a little bit about me and what I am trying to do. I want you to eat better if you want to eat better. 
And I want you to be able to actually make some change in your life. So I like to give really practical tips and, you know, yes, money is an issue. Yes, um, it's harder to find like a persimmon than it is to find an apple depending on, well, depending on where you live. I guess if you live somewhere beautifully tropical, I'm jealous and I hate you <laughs> because I live in cold Canada. But generally, so w- whenever I'm going to be talking about anything on any podcast episode, it's important for you to know that we just want to get the basics covered. I want you to be able to eat raw in a way that works for you that's not too expensive that is reasonable that is doable and doesn't take too much time because our lives are just you know you know what I'm saying you know me already so fresh fruit we're not going to talk about it too much me the fruit I always keep in my house apples oranges and bananas I wouldn't even say these are my favorite fruits These are cheap. They're easy to eat. Of course, bananas go badly um, quickly, but they're they're so easy to just grab, throw in your purse. They're prepackaged. So those are like some basic fruit that I always have around because they're just easy. Um, Some of my favorites, of course, are like fresh berries. But I don't know about you, if I get fresh berries in my house, A, I've probably just spent $10 or $15 on them, and B, I just eat them within 10 minutes and then they're gone. So I love having them, but to me, um, I don't tend to keep them around too often because I just eat them and then they're gone. So generally, I'm just not going to talk much about fresh fruit. Buy, if I do think, if you are eating horribly right now and you're listening to this podcast for some inspiration about how to make some change, please, if you enjoy eating fruit and you don't buy it because it's a bit pricey or for whatever reason, just buy whatever fruit you love. Like for me, green grapes are something that I love, but I don't let myself buy them too frequently because they're pricey and then I eat them and they're gone. But if you can afford it, I would say, please stock up and eat your favorites. Please. Okay. Moving on. Frozen fruit. I always keep frozen frozen berries in the house because, of course, you can add them to smoothies. You can do so much with them and they're handy and not as expensive as fresh. Sidebar. I often get asked this question like, Laura Jane, is frozen fruit? raw. I mean, no, it's been frozen. So I mean, yes, but no, but clearly if you're looking at a frozen strawberry and you've just picked a strawberry off of a strawberry plant in your yard, clearly they're not the same. But I feel like we are all trying to make reasonable change. And so I say, go for it. And please have some frozen berries in your freezer. You can defrost them and just eat them as snacks. You can use them in so many of my delicious raw desserts, like my raw cheesecake and so on. Now, dried fruit. If you've made many of my recipes or you want to, the main thing you need to buy are dates, dried dates. Ideally, you would get the medjool, the fancy fresh-ish dried dates that are, you know, in a little tub, usually in the, 
nowadays they tend to sell them right in the produce section in a little plastic tub and they have the pit and those are the most more expensive and more luxury wonderful dates that go for it but a different alternative is to get the what i call baking dates which can be found in the produce no i'm lying <laughs> in the baking aisle usually in a bag and they're kind of super dry and they've had the pits removed and they're much less expensive and they are easier to use because the pits like the big hard seed in the middle have already been removed so why am i boring you about dates and telling you that you need to buy dates the purpose of dates in my and most if not all raw food recipes is probably two or threefold one dates are super sweet and so they provide a natural sweetener that's full of fiber and is so much healthier than refined sugar or whatever other sweeteners you're used to secondly they provide stickiness so this is fundamental when you're needing your food like it's say a crust recipe for a cake you need it to stick together and the way we get it to stick together is by using a sticky sweet thing like dates so dates i have i don't know bought hundreds of bags of dates in my lifetime of doing this this blog since 2009 and dates are like the number one thing i you just you got to get them just go get some because mostly this will just allow you to make healthy desserts and then you're going to tell me but Laura Jane I don't even like dates I've only ever had them in date squares and I don't like date squares blah 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 it doesn't matter remember dates are providing sweetness and stickiness but mostly sweetness so it's this kind of like making um you know in a traditional cake when you're baking and you're using eggs in a traditional cake you can whine to me and say but I don't like eggs I don't like scrambled eggs it's like it's not about the eggs it's not about the dates it's about what function the dates perform so even if you don't like dates just go buy some you don't have to eat them just use them as an ingredient so other key dried fruits that I fruit that I tend to keep on hand would be apricots and raisins those are kind of the basic ones raisins of course we all know what they are and dried apricot um just i would say overall you can pretty much use apricots dried apricots instead of dates in almost pretty much all of my recipes if you're trying to limit um you know your glycemic index or you're trying to cut down your sugar so what that would do apricots are totally not as sweet as dates so you're gonna have a much less sweet recipe if you do that but that is an excellent um substitution idea for many of my dessert recipes but i never do it because it's never sweet enough <laughs> for my sweet tooth but generally especially if you're diabetic or something and trying to make some modifications that is a good tip for you fresh vegetables you know it again taking a, a higher level look at what i'm trying to do here this whole idea of stocking your raw pantry is to have you have possibly completely new ingredients in your life if let's pretend you want to do a raw cleanse or you're going 
raw for three days or whatever you're doing, I would encourage you actually not to go too crazy in the produce aisle if you're trying to stock your raw food pantry just because, especially with vegetables, um, it can be hard to know what to do with a lot of vegetables if you aren't experienced in (laughs) cooking much with them. So I would say um, stick to some of the basic ones or go off a recipe or something like that. Onions and carrots and bell peppers would be maybe some great places to start. Um, And an avocado or two. So we won't talk too much about fresh vegetables. But I would just say don't go crazy because I I don't know about you, but I hate food waste and I hate looking in my fridge or like being afraid to open the crisper drawer because something scary (laughs) has been in there for a month. So yeah. We won't talk about that too much. Moving on to the nuts and seeds, which are extremely important because nuts are essentially being used instead of so many things in raw food recipes. So if you grind up almonds, for example, and that can just be done in your food processor or what have you, Grinding up sounds technical, but basically the idea is if you take almonds and you smush them down into however you can, um, it's going to kind of turn into a flour. And so nuts are going to be used as a flour. They're going to be used sometimes as um, a creamer, if that's a word, because they can add creaminess when you use a creamy nut like cashews. So I would say the main nuts that I always nuts and seeds that I try to keep on hand would be cashews, almonds, pecans or walnuts, um, sunflower seeds. Those are kind of the main ones that I tend to keep on hand. I do have that really long (laughs) detailed podcast about nuts and seeds, which is kind of like hard to listen to, but actually has some really good information in it. But the basic idea there Um, without going into it too long, is different types of nuts perform different functions. I think I always categorize it like, and I actually have a good video that's easier and more to the point. You have creamy nuts. You have nuts that act like flour. Those are even, for this podcast, let's just talk about those two groups. Because creaminess Let's pretend you're trying to make a cheesecake that's raw. Well, you're going to use cashews instead of cream cheese because they become super rich and creamy and wonderful. Macadamia nuts and pine nuts also do this, but cashews tend to be more readily available and also um, the least expensive choice usually. So that's why I focus on cashews so much. And then almonds and sunflower seeds kind of fall into that group of nuts that can be just pulverized and then used as flour to sort of bulk up a recipe but it doesn't they don't add creaminess actually yeah and then the third category is what I call I think oily or greasy nuts which are pecans or walnuts or brazil nuts as well I think and um, they add both a, a lot of oiliness and a floury factor But anyway, I will end it there. But I do have a video about that, and I've written about it as well. I think I call them the nut types. (laughs) 
Anyway, so, but the main ones I keep in my pantry would be cashews, which I know they're expensive, but they are important. And you can't substitute almonds for cashews. They're just not the same because they're not as creamy. So yeah, cashews, almonds, and walnuts. Those would kind of be the three that I always have around. And then I do use sunflower seeds because usually they're a lot cheaper. And um, so I like to use those as well. And of course, overall, when buying any of these nuts to stock your raw food pantry, you're going to want to buy untoasted, unsalted nuts. So they may not be labeled completely as raw. And of course, some nuts will have been heated um, in the process of getting them out of the shell, blah, blah, blah. But the idea here is just no salt on them and you don't want them to have been roasted. Because especially the roasting will change the flavor. So that's why we want to use untoasted nuts. Moving on to your dry pantry. I have a lot to talk about here. So I'm not sure the level of detail I'm going to go down. But let me just close my eyes and envision if you could only buy five ingredients for your raw pantry. Oh my gosh, this is going to be hard for dry ingredients. I should have prepared this in advance, but I'm going on the fly and I literally have my eyes closed. You're going to need to make something chocolatey. So you 100% are going to need raw cacao powder or cocoa powder or potentially carob, but I never use carob, but that would be an idea if you need a caffeine-free substitute. So you're going to have to have that. Um, you can just use cocoa powder from the baking aisle that is normal and in all my recipes um, cacao powder is different it's a little bit healthier and has been processed differently but for your basic starter starting point cocoa powder you might already have it just use that it's fine so you're gonna have to do that oh my gosh you have to have unsweetened dried coconut you must this is, a, but this is like a dessert lover talking. But the reason you see dried, unsweetened, shredded coconut in so many of my recipes is because it bulks up a recipe much like I was talking about, much like how the almonds, like ground up almonds or those kinds of ground up nuts will act like a flour. But what coconut does that is different than grinding up nuts is it adds kind of a lightness and more like a cakey texture. So that is, you'll find that in a ton of my dessert recipes and even in a few savory recipes, I've used it to have that sort of lighter texture. Um, yes, so that is a must have. And again, you can find that in the baking aisle. It's, you just want to get the unsweetened, normal shredded coconut and this is of course dry and um you probably know what that is oh okay i'm working on my five i've got two number three i'm gonna say flax meal m-e-a-l this and of course the word meal simply just means ground up so we're talking about ground up flax seeds and it's easiest if you just buy it pre-ground up for sure. So I would suggest buying flax meal. Why you need this 
is it's kind of hearkening back to what I was saying about the dates that provide stickiness. Um, flax meal is what I call a binding agent. So it is what holds things together. So if you're making, um, I don't know, raw falafel, for example, and you're getting some veggies and nuts and what have you and spices, you need it to be able to hold together and be a ball like in a falafel form. Or similarly, if you're making veggie burgers, you, it, when you see flax meal, which you'll see in a lot of raw food recipes, it does not even taste that great. It's best to try to use the least amount possible because it has a really pronounced flax flavor, which is not anyone's favorite. But you need a binding agent in most of those kinds of recipes. Um, that's why you see it in so many recipes. So I would suggest flax meal. I could talk a lot more about that, but I won't. So that is my number three. Oh, I should probably be a good girl and talk about protein for a second and just say hemp hearts or hemp seeds are a useful from a nutritional standpoint. They're one of the best ways you can easily add protein to your raw vegan diet. So I would just say that. Um, Whenever you see hemp seeds in my recipes, I don't use them that frequently, actually. It's usually just to ramp up the protein content of a recipe. So that's me being a good girl and nodding to nutrition when I have to. But generally, when I use them, it you don't. It's not so much for um, the recipe's sake. It's more for nutrition. So I'm not like, oh my gosh, you must. Like, the recipe won't work if you don't have hemp seeds. It's more like you can find a way to incorporate hemp seeds into any recipe or any meal. Do it because it's they're just so good for you. And they actually are. I don't even like thinking about nutrition because um, I find it boring. <laughs> but generally, hemp seeds are amazing. And anybody who's vegan, please eat them, like, daily. I hope someone's keeping track. Is that three or four? I think that was number four. This is a tough one. It's the dry, dry pantry. You know what? I'm actually going to cap it because those four you got to have and everything else is kind of gravy. So vegan gravy. I have a recipe for raw, raw gravy made out of mushrooms. Okay. So some, I'm just maybe going to list off a few other things that I definitely would keep in my like top 12. Um, buckwheat groats, chia seeds, they are also handy as a binding agent or they re replace tapioca pearls, cocoa powder we talked about, coconut, um, flax we talked about, hemp seeds, nutritional yeast is handy for flavor. It's kind of has the cheesy flavor so that is sometimes um, a handy thing to keep in your pantry. And that's really only used for flavor. Um, anyway, okay. <laughs> Moving on to liquids and oils. I am almost going to have a hard time. I'm going to say you definitely need to have these five liquids and wet things in your pantry. You know it. You know what I'm going to start with. Coconut oil. Not any other type of oil. Coconut oil not coconut butter, uh, not coconut milk, coconut 
oil. It is usually in a jar, a big jar, and it's usually in the grocery store. It might be kind of solid and white and cloudy, kind of like butter. If it gets a little bit warmer, it gets all um, liquidy and clear. It just, I won't bore you with the details. Um, coconut oil. Why is it number one? Why am I focusing on it so much? It replaces butter. Butter is delicious. Coconut oil is the raw substitute for butter. It makes recipes just like butter does in normal cooking. Um, so much better, so much richer. Um, it also has a very important role in a recipe where it solidifies when it gets cool, meaning you can make something, let me think, let me think. Ah, I have an amazing, super delicious chocolate icing recipe. Just go to the rawtaren.com um, slash brownies and somehow you'll, you'll get there. It's like dates and water and cocoa powder or raw cacao and coconut oil. And the reason that you need the coconut oil is not just to make it taste better. It's going to make the icing spreadable and it will make it kind of congeal and be like literally spreadable instead of just like a wet mess. So it's so important for like fatty, good, rich flavor, but even more important for texture. No other oil does this. And also it coconut oil doesn't have too pronounced of a flavor either. I mean, it is coconutty, but generally it doesn't throw off the flavor of a recipe. You got to get some. And yes, it's going to be majorly expensive. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, this jar is so expensive. But usually you don't use too much of it in a recipe. And it's usually much cheaper if you buy one big jar somewhere as opposed to like a tiny jar for like, I'm Canadian, but um, you know, $12 for this teeny tiny jar. It's better to pay like $20 for this much bigger jar. I mean, I've just noticed coconut oil is crazy, the difference there. So that is so important. Lemon juice, I use that a lot. Um, I usually try to keep fresh lemons in my fridge, but I always just keep uh, a jar or bottle of just, you know, lemon juice. You got to keep that on hand all the time because lemon juice in my recipes is used as, as an acid, which just enhances the flavor and it's just used in a lot of my recipes so you want to keep that on hand maple syrup pure maple syrup that's also used as a sweetener when you don't want the bulk or the um, fibrousness of dates so that is key you could also use agave nectar or um, you know whatever your favorite liquid sweetener is or honey for example um Almond butter is very handy. Yes, you can make it yourself. It's quite hellish, but you can do it. I just buy it, almond butter, pre-made, but you can definitely do it yourself. It just takes a crazy long time, like 20 minutes in a food processor or longer. And another thing that I do use a lot is apple cider vinegar. I store that in the fridge. Um, it 
just tends to add tanginess to savory recipes like um, my delicious raw ranch salad dressing. It adds that, z not a spicy zing, but just that, that kick of a tanginess to a lot of savory dressings and that kind of thing. So that's something that I use a lot as well. And that's very inexpensive, like a few dollars. Um, I don't know. Those are the those are the main liquids. I have a few others that I use a lot, but those would definitely be the keys. Oh, and I do use. Yes. Okay. I'm. I just flipped the pages on my notes, and I'm like, oh my god, how could I have forgotten? I do use olive oil sometimes. You will notice that. Um, if I call for coconut oil, you gotta use coconut oil. If I call for olive oil, use olive oil. Don't mix them up, please. It's like putting diesel in your car instead of normal fuel. Don't do it. Soy sauce is handy, and I also use pure vanilla extract quite a bit as well, just in my sweet recipes. So, I have really powered through that category. I'm quite pleased with myself. I have so much, it's hard for me because I, each item I could expound on for like a pure five minutes of boring <laughs> drivel. So I'm, I'm holding it in for you so we can get through this. Spices. As you know, I try to keep the spice selection in my recipes very small because I do this for a living. I am a recipe developer, you could say. And even I don't have that big of a spice collection. And I certainly remember when I began eating raw, I was not a cook at all. I barely had any spices at all. So I try to make it quite simple so that hopefully you um, might actually have the spice in your kitchen. Some of the key spices that I actually feel like you must get if you're maybe only going to get a few Cinnamon, hands down, you know, love it. You got to have it. Onion powder, I do use it a lot in a lot of my recipes. It really does add a lot for flavor. And um, the difference between not having it, like if you make a recipe and you're like, oops, I don't have onion powder, it'll still be okay. But it really adds, I think I've described it <laughs> before, as a junk food flavor. So for example, if you're going to make kale chips and you're adding some onion powder in addition to like the oil and the salt, it's kind of going to taste like a bag of junk food chips, much more than it would if you don't have it. So that I would say is definitely key and it's very cheap as well. Garlic powder. I don't actually use garlic powder that much. I usually call for fresh garlic, which I didn't talk about, but generally I do try to keep a, just a bulb on hand for fresh garlic so that when it, something calls for a garlic clove, you have it around. Um, I would almost say I could cut it there. Of course, I hope you have more spices, but I would say you got to have cinnamon. You've got to have onion powder. And of course, the golden star of it all. Salt. Come on. You've got salt, I hope. Um, of course, I'm always calling for sea salt. Please buy some, throw out your normal table salt, just generally, and just start using finely ground sea salt. 
Um, it's much better for you and the flavor is much better as well. Uh, so you, you need that. But I do suggest trying to get finely ground, more normal salt because try, don't try to use that the big crystally sea salt, which is sometimes easier to find to buy, but you just want it to look like normal table salt. I love spices, but I think I should honor you and just say those are a few, but maybe I'll just rhyme off some other ones that I do use to give you a sense of if you want to step it up and have more. These are some common ones that I use. Chili powder, cumin, curry powder, dill. Ooh, I love dried dill. So good in salad dressings. Garlic powder, we talked about onion powder, oregano paprika but I don't know paprika I, I'm kind of neutral about paprika rosemary I love it I love it I love it thyme and turmeric usually turmeric is super hyper insanely yellow color and usually when it's called for in a, in a recipe like my egg salad recipe um it's usually just used for color really yes I don't know that's my that's kind of all I have to say about stocking your raw pantry. I should probably conclude by saying that might feel overwhelming, especially if you don't have many of any of these things in your life. I would say if you really are getting into raw in a big way and you're like, I'm listening to this episode because I'm gonna go stock my raw pantry, I would really focus um on the, having those wet things like coconut oil, lemon juice, maple syrup, some almond butter. Like, so the wet things and then the dry pantry, which was stuff like flax meal, um, shredded coconut, cocoa powder, those kinds of things. Because everything, like though that grocery shop, um, is gonna cover a lot of your bases. So once you do that one grocery shop, it's gonna last you for a long time. Um, and then you'll have the, the ingredients to make so many of my recipes, which would be amazing. And then of course, you'll still need to get like your other ingredients, but it won't be as overwhelming. I think it, the main thing is just to get um, a few things in your pantry that you don't have. So that then when you look at mine or other people's uh, websites and cookbooks and stuff you'll have those things in your pantry and then of course equipment you'll want to get a blender it doesn't have to be a good one and a food processor and then you'll be totally set to go and I'm sure I know I have probably multiple podcast episodes where I would talk about the equipment as well but that is beyond today's episode 53. been listening to the raw food podcast with your host laura jane the rotarian visit me at the to browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple satisfying raw vegan recipes for free while you're there be sure to sign up for a free account so you can favorite recipes and access other special features also consider joining the paid section called the rotarian's kitchen where you can watch over 70 video tutorials with me download all of my ebooks, take online courses and cleanses, get printable PDFs, and much more. Visit therotarian.com slash get 
TRK for details on what's included. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Raw Food Podcast, and I hope to hear from you soon. So until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.